Shmuel Friedland from the University of Illinois at Chicago, and he'll speak to us on from non-negative matrices to non-negative tensors. Shmuel. Thank you. So it's, it's a great pleasure to be here the third time. Uh, and uh, I'm really sorry to miss Mickey Neumann here, but life has to go on. Now, first, I should tell a little bit my, about my relations with Avi Berman. So, actually, we were studied together uh, in Technion. Together means he is uh, roughly one year older than me, and he was one one uh, year ahead of me. So now I'm, my hands are already trembling what happened to me in a year from now. Fortunately, my university, one can retire in a coffin. So, <laughs> so I don't plan to do that, but who knows? So, uh, so essentially, I think that uh, if I understand it correctly, you know, in my third year, so it, to say in American terms, I'm not sure if it's the same term is used here, when I was a junior and Avi was senior, we got, uh, let's say, we both attended lecture of Benny Schwartz on matrices, who sort of, uh, uh, I think that he mostly lectured from the classical book of Gantmacher about matrices. And that, I think that gave to both of us, a big inspiration to work in this field. So I continued and I did my PhD with Benny Schwartz. Now Avi first did his master degree with this student, PhD student of Benny Schwartz. Uh, uh, David London. Right, David London. Thank you. So that's what happens when you are getting not so young. And then, they, and then he left and he got his PhD from Adi Ben Israeli Northwestern University. And uh, so I'm really sort of very honored to <coughs> open this session. And uh, so I'm going to talk something that uh, close things that uh, Avi was working on. In the past sort of five years, I devoted my research, uh, or let's say, or may, how would I say, many papers or whatever, into tensors. And this is an exciting subject. It's much more difficult than matrices, but there are many relations. So in this talk, what I want to tell you about is sort of about some results that uh, I know and uh, I worked on in matrices, how it can be translated to tensors. So let's see. So, so I'll try to cover all these uh, subjects, but time is short, and uh, so maybe I'll skip them. But uh, I'll put it on my website, or you can ask me. I'll send you this this note. So first, we'll talk about. I will remind you very briefly about parent from theorems for irreducible non-negative matrices. Then we'll go and describe two notions of irreducibility and weak irreducibility for tensors. Then we'll talk a little bit about parent frobenius theorem for irreducible tensors. Then a little bit how to generalize the matrix results of Kingman, Carlin, Ost, and myself to tensors. Then uh, the next thing, a little bit about max plus eigenvalues of tensors. Then how to generalize uh, my joint result with Ka Carlin two tensors, diagonal scaling of tensors, rank one approximation of tensors, and non-negative multilinear forms. Maybe it's too much, we'll see how it goes. Okay, so for so please interrupt me just you know if you don't understand or you you are missing something or I screw up something. 
So, so suppose we have a non-negative matrix, so we usually associate with that a directed graph. So on the set of vertices would be just, let's say, numbers from 1 to n, and the set of edges E, and this is, so essentially it should be arcs. And uh, so this is my set of vertices, and the set of edges is, uh, is arcs, is uh, from n cross to n, and, uh, and there is an arc from i to j if uh, j is positive. So the, this directed graph is uh, strongly connected, abbreviated by SC, if for each pair of indices i different from j, there is a die pass from i to j. And so the well-known result of characterization of a strongly connected graph is as follows. Take a non-trivial subset of vertices, then there must be a vertex outside of this set and one inside, J outside, and one I inside, so that I for an I and J, the directed arc is in E. Okay? Now, so, so what is the parent Frobenius theorem? Just the parts that we are going to use. Suppose that A is an irreducible matrix, so it means that its the graph is strongly connected. Then the spectral radius, which is the maximum of the absolute values of the eigenvalues of A, is also uh, an eigenvalue. It must be positive. It's, this must be algebraically simple eigenvalue, and you have positive vectors such that x is a, we call sometimes right eigenvector or just an eigenvector of A with, a, with rho A as eigenvalue, and also the, so this is right, and this is left or an eigenvector of A transposed. Now, very important characterization uh, of this row A is a Collatz Vland, which says follows. If you take the quotient of A, X, and I divided by X, I assume that X is positive. Take maximum of that and minimum on X, this is row A, and you can also reverse mean max. You take minimum on this and maximum on X, and this is eigenvalue. Okay. So now we are going sort of next, next step is what about tensors? So first of all, in, right now let's talk about cube tensors, like square matrices. So it means tensors means that we have entries which depends uh, on at least three indices or more. Otherwise, it would be a matrix. And so you have the indices I1 up to ID. So think about these three. And all of them are running, they are running from 1 to n. So in abstract form, you just, if, if you assume that they are complex valued, you just take Cn and take a tensor d tensor product. Or just think about it as just the, uh, as d mode matrix or d mode vector. Okay, so we assume that now f is non-negative. So now let's say, so what would be f irreducible. So this is not our definition, but I'll give the names later. So it's as follows. You take, again, a non-trivial subset i of n, and so, so there exist i and i, and now d indices, d minus 1 indices, j2 up to jd, which are in the complement such that this is positive. So this is sort of a natural analog. So now, this is irreducible. Now, we are going to introduce another notion which is called weak irreducibility, and it is follows. So we want to do a graph. 
So how we are going to, the, to take a graph? So here we say as follows. So we have ij is an arc in this graph, digraph. If we have for a given index, uh, you have indices j2 up to jd, such that this is positive, and j is one of the indices. So essentially, what you see as follows. If this is positive, it means that, that there is a, an arc from i to j2 to from i to j3 up to jd. This is the same. Okay. So it's very easy to show that f is weakly reduced. If we, if, so now I have to state what does it mean f is weakly reduced. So it means that this diagraph is strongly connected. So this is all. So this is uh, our definition. Now, it's very easy to show that irreducible implies weak irreducible. But the other way around is not true. So let's say for matrices, it's the same, same definition. But for tensors, it's not true. So here is, so for, here is a, a, when a, tensors which n are two indices, one and two, and you have three more tensors. So, so those, let's assume that only those uh, coordinates of tensor f are positive and all others are zero. Now it is strongly connected because essentially from one you can go from to one and two, and from two you can go to one and two. So it's actually, it's a complete graph. However, it's not irreducible. Why? Because if it was irreducible, the only way to split the set of indices 1, 2, to different sets would be 1 and 2 separately. But f1, 2, 2 is not positive, and f2, 1, 1 is not positive. Okay. Now, so, so now the next thing is, in order to state sort of one version of Perron-Frobenius, <laughs> we need to say operator. Because parent Frobenius is something with operator. So here is the operator. So I take a vector x with coordinate x1 up to xn. And I want to define what is the i-coordinate of transformation this script f, fx. Well, it is just this monomial. fi stands for i. And you sum on, on the... And you sum on all fi, i2, xd, xi2, xid. So, for example, for d equals 3, this is going to be each sort of each coordinate would be quadratic. For d equals 4, is cubic. Okay? So, essentially, if you look at that notation, because we are de dealing here with a polynomial, we can automatically assume that there is a symmetry if with respect to the indices 2 up to d. You can interchange them in the coordinates of f, r, are, uh, remains the same, but not with respect to I and other one. So it's not exactly symmetric like in matrices, it's a transformation A times X. Okay, so now what is the notion in this case of eigenvalue of lambda? Well, it's, if you never saw it, it's, uh, then this is, would be something nonlinear. Then you want that FXI of I, so this be, it would be, each coordinate would be polynomial of degree d minus 1, if you want to be equals lambda times xi to the power d minus 1. For d equals 2, well, this is standard. But why you need to do this nonlinearity? Well, because you want to have this, uh, uh, you want to have this property that when you multiply the vector 
x by t, by, con by con t, you want that it would be tx would be also eigenvector. And this is the only way to do it. Now, suppose you assume that f is non-negative tensor in such a way that if you take, whenever you take a non-negative, non-zero tensor, its, its image is going to be also non-negative, of course, but also non-zero. Then you can cook up this transformation. So, is, so what this transformation is, F1, you don't take essentially here, you take that each coordinate to the power one, d minus one, because you want, well, it's just one way to do it. You, because you want it to be homogeneous, we'll discuss that, and you divide by the sum, and then if you do the Brouwer fixed point, you will see that you must have a non-negative, non-zero eigenvector. So this is one way sort of to prove by brute force or by, really, let's say, high, uh, let's say, topological way to show that a, a non-negative, non-zero matrix has, has a, no, let's say, non-zero eigenvalue, non-negative. So now the question we ask is, when there is a unique positive eigenvector with this maximal eigenvalue? Okay, so this would be sort of a way of parent Frobenius. Okay. So here is, uh, so the first work was by Chang, Pearson, and Zhang, and I think they also introduced this notion of irreducibility. They say if this is F is irreducible, then you have a unique non-negative eigenvector, which is positive, and this corresponding maximum eigenvalue lambda. And also you have the Collatz-Villan characterization. So now, you see, you have to take Fxi, this is a, homogeneous polynomial of degree minus one, you divide by the xid minus one, you take maximum on the coordinates, minimum on x, on the other way around, and this is it. Now, in the paper that sort of it's in print of LAA, so it's 2011, but we did of course before, but that's how it works. So suppose f is weakly reducible. So then, there also there exists a unique positive eigenvector with the corresponding maximum eigenvalue lambda, and you also you have collins villain characterization. However, our result doesn't rule that this f maybe have other some eigenvectors with zero with which which has some uh, let's say some co zero coordinates. So we don't know here if you don't know if we, we it's you you cannot have these other, no, 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 let's say, not strictly positive eigenvectors. Okay. Now, so now let's switch the gears, and let's talk about, uh, as I said, so, so the idea is here just to show you that some results can go through from matrices to tensor, because that's essentially was the topic of my lecture. So let's start with a very nice result due to Kingman. Now, this is a very common English name, and I mean, I didn't write all his initials to <laughs> sort of to identify him, but, he, but he, he was a probabilist, maybe still alive, I'm not sure, uh, and uh, he gave very nice result as follows. So, so let's suppose we have a matrix whose entries are functions of t, t is a vector, on a convex domain in this, in, okay, in convex domain in Rd, Rp, because, I, okay, and Rm actually I have it. Now you assume that 
each AIJ is non-negative, so is it it's zero, or if you take its logarithm, it's a convex function. So, so therefore, you, you allow log of zero is minus infinity, you like that. You like that. Assume that each entry is log of its entry convex. So such a function, each like that, is called log convex function. It's obvious why. Now, the claim is that the log of rho of d is also convex. So this is a very nice and uh, quite simple to prove. Now, the claim is the same is true for this vector, for, for f. Let's say for f is uh, strict, uh, well, let's say, weakly, weakly reducible. Right? Take each entry, you take s to the power, okay? So, and zero to the power zero is here in this context is zero, okay? And f, Hadamard product with G means you, which call entry-wise product of tensors, like matrices. So the claim is if you take alpha and beta, sort of two non-negative numbers whose sum is one, because you want, this is a convexity, and you two take the rows, the spectral radius of F to the power alpha, let's say Hadamard product with G to the power beta, this is less equals than this one. And that's exactly the sort of convexity with respect to entries. And that's, so if you prove that, you, you prove this, it's equivalent. So what do you do? Say, okay, let's assume f and g is positive. Assume that fx has this eigenvector and this gx, this eigenvector. Now, you take f, alpha, g, beta, and apply that to this vector. You write it down, use the holder inequalities. You have, you have this inequality. Now, this is equals for because x and x and this is should be y typos. I try to build my typos, but they always come back. <laughs> so this should be y here, and so this is just this is this equals to that. This equals to that. So you have this inequality. Now you use Collatz-Willen, uh, and you are done. Okay. Now, so the next thing was the result of Carlin Ost. Ost from maybe like 1985. So, so the claim is that if we take f to the power, this entry was s for matrix, and take one over s, this is non-increasing function. Or let's put simply decreasing, but maybe it's, it's constant. Okay, so, so this is, uh, again, it's very easy to show for tensors. You use Collatz-Villand. So therefore, you have a limit. This limit is called the tropical eigenvalue of tensor F. So tropical, actually, it's a very sort of, uh, so, so, it's, so tropical is sort of, uh, tropical geometry now is quite in fashion in algebraic geometry and in applications. And uh, it started by some British guy forgot in from Birmingham, maybe in the 60s. So, so what does it mean? What, what that is, does this mean that this is tropical eigenvalue? Okay, so what you do, you see, for, re for regular eigenvalue, you sum all of this, one takes sum. But tropical means you replace sum by maximum, and this is equals to the eigenvalue, okay? So this is tropical. So... So this, so, so what, so, so this is, so that's what could show that this goes to a tropical. So, and, uh, okay, so, so, uh, let's see how much time. 
Okay, let's go. So, so, you, so you can prove from here. So from this inequality, you get this inequality. It just, if you think, it's just the, the, this inequality. Uh, and then from, this in, this, from convexity, you have this inequality. So you have this inequality, the row f of g is less equal, then you can prove this inequality too. And if you take here p equals 1 and q infinity, you'll take that the spectral radius of f, my, let's say Hadamard product with g, that's equal to the row of tropical value of row of f times row tropical of g. Now, if you put here g is a fixed one and you put f a uh, sort of the, si the sign of g or pa the pattern of g, you put, suppose the gi, gi, some entry of g is positive, then you put the corresponding entry of f is 1. And if g is 0, you put f 0. So then you will get, so if you assume that f is pattern of g, you'll get that row of g is less equal than row tropical times the row of pattern. And essentially, this inequality for matrices, uh, I, this, uh, I did this for matrices like 25 years ago, okay? Let's see what happens. Okay. So, so, so in uh, nine, nine, 1986, I proved the following results. The row tropical of A, I didn't know that this, this is called row tropical of A, but I, but I already knew about this uh, uh, Carlin Ost result. So this limit is the maximum geometric average of cycle products of A. Now we want, so we were able together with uh, uh, Stefan Gobert to generalize that. So, so what happens with tensors? So now, so, so with tensors, this, so just to, rem to, to recast it, this diagram df, it says i, there is a directed r from i to j, if I take these coordinates and this, the, let's say, the xj would appear in this sum, because some of them are zero and some positive. And so now, so now I need to define you what is d minus one cycle, because for d equals two, it's just one cycle, okay? So, so this is the definition. You take a subgraph of this graph, and it's called d minus one cycle. If is following holds. First of all, this subgraph is strongly connected. Second is that it is this each degree has d minus one out degree. In other words, from each vertex in this sub a strongly connected graph, from each vertex you have exactly d minus one edges, arcs, okay? Those, I allow them to be multiple. Okay, now, so, 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 so now let's take this adjacency matrix of this, let's say of D minus one cycle. So the fact that it is, each out degree is D minus one means that we have this equality. One is the vectors all coordinates one. Now, because if this is, uh, irreducible, you have also the left eigenvector with the same eigenvalue. And you take this one to be a probability vector. And then the d minus one average of cycles, it would be you take, the, for this cycle would be this product. And so, the, so the, then if you do that, then the maximum of all these average cycles is exactly rho tropical of A. Okay. So, uh, so this is our result. So I we need to write it up. 
So I need to write it up, and uh, Stefan will give all the proofs. It's not a great job, but, but anyway. So we also, it's, so it's easy to show. It's also this one, raw tropical earth is low convex in the entries, like in, in the, for standard, the Kingman theorem. Okay, so there is just more general result than that with uh, Akian and Gobert. I'm going to skip this more general result, but you know, if you want, I'll give you the references. Okay, next. So the next, now we go to the next thing, which is something a little bit related, I hope, but not uh, to the Avi's talk about diagonal stability. So, so what, so maybe I could write here, so just to remind, so, so start with matrices. You have a matrix A, and then it's a square matrix. So you say, what is a matrix, which is sort of, a, a, it's, it's, what would be a, renormalization of this matrix. So you take its multiply D1 by D2 from left and from right, where those are diagonal matrices, okay? So this is diagonal equivalence of two matrices. Now, how would you do that for tensors, okay? So for tensors, it's, uh, okay, so first, so this is, I should write that because the slide is slightly different here. So this is, so this is diagonal equivalence. Okay, but here, what about diagonal similarity? Because that's what I want to do. So in your talk, are going to talk about diagonal similarity or equivalence? Neither of them. <laughs> okay, sorry. But, but I need to advertise your talk. <laughs> okay, so diagonal similarity means as follows. You take A, D, and here D minus 1. Okay. So when you do that, so you essentially, then you have the same, you, because it's similar, it is the same eigenvalue. So what you do for, for tensors? Okay, so for tensors, you see, so let's just do it for three tensors. For tensors, you have to do as follows. So you have, you, you want to renormalize instead of x vector x, you want to put it dx. Now, because, in, because the way tensor works, what it means is that you have, I will do it right down for three, you have F, I, J, and K. So if you think carefully, you multiply this is by DJ, so D is the diagonal matrix, D1 up to DN. So DJ and DK here. Okay, because it's twice, because, uh, but then you have to renormalize because you want sort of renormalize the eigenvector of di minus two. Okay, so here, after this introduction, I hope it's clear. So what you do, you do is follow. So first of all, I rewrite each d, in, because di is positive, so I'm taking e to the power ti. So here you take, you, you sum on all indices from 2 to n, that is sort of, this is 1, but with e to the power you sum. And here you correct it with the first one with minus, d, so this is this. So this is a diagonal similarity of tensors. And now we can prove the result of Engel and Schneider. So the result of Engel and Schneider says that if you look on the matrix, and you want to find this row tropical of matrix is you take maximum of all possible entries after you rescale and take infimum of all possible renormalization. And this is true also for tensors. Okay. Next. 
Okay, so the next thing is uh, sort of uh, my work with Carlin a long time ago. So what is that? Suppose we have an irreducible metric. So you have left and right eigenvectors of, of A, and you renormalize them in such a way then you that this product is a probability vector. Then the claim is that if you take the e to the power d, it means e to the power diagonal matrix e to the power d1 up to e to the power tn. So, and you multiply that by a. So if you think carefully, what you get that each, in this mat, in this case, each entry is log convex because the logarithm of each entry is zero or it just ti or t some ti. So logarithm of this function is convex function. And that's what our inequality says that it is has a supporting hyperplane of this form, log rho a plus this time cui vi ti, when t is the coordinates with ti. So when I state like that, it's really simple and the proof is simple. However, we proved much more in this paper and we might, our proof is, was much more complicated, but that's fine. So you can do the same trick for the tensor, just here, you just multiply from the left only by the index one. So, so suppose V is weakly reducible. So then here you take, so, you, so Fx is nonlinear transformation, and you take its Jacobian, it's, so it would be a matrix, at the point U when U is an eigenvector of F. Now you rescale that, from the left by a diagonal matrix of this form, which depends on u and to some power. So then a u is still have b have rho u, u. It, it must be because this was just an eigenvector from the homogeneity, you have this equation. But now you rescaled in such a way that also you must have the left eigenvectors. And then if you do the same condition, you have the same inequality as before. Now suppose F is symmetric or supersymmetric. What it means that you can interchange now all indices or in a different way, if you have a polynomial, homogeneous polynomial of degree D with non-negative coefficient, and you, then F of X is just would be the gradient of Fx. Then you have this inequality, log of F, F. You don't need now, you know what is V. It's essentially inequality is ui to the power d. If d equals 2, this is just you. You understand asymmetric, and so u and v are exactly left and right, the same eigenvectors. Okay, so you can do this one too. Next. Okay, the next thing is, uh, in order to prove this inequality, we found very nice characterization, namely the logarithm of rho of a matrix A is given by this characterization, uivi, logarithm of axi divided by xi, now d equals one. This is the minimum. Now, if you use the concavity of log, you will get also this result. Now, so what, so what the claim is that this is also true for tensors. And also you could do what I call Donsker-Varadan characterization. So it goes as follows. For tensors and for metrics, just d equals 2. So you take fxi divided by xi to the power d minus 1. That's what comes also in the 
Vilnius characterization. But you don't take maximum on separate. You just multiply that by the probability vector in sum. You take infimum on x and maximum on that. So this is the, it would be also Donsker-Varadan characterization for tensors. And uh, here's the proof, but I'm going to skip it. So in particular, we can get a generalization of Joel's Cohen result as follows, that if I take F, let's say, a positive tensor, non-negative, and add to it a diagonal tensor. So what's a diagonal tensor? It's just, let's say, this is a tensor where all entries are zero, but the diagonal entries is here would be, let's say, all indices are the same. So I, 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 okay. F of 1, 1, 1, and F 2, 2, 2. That's the diagonal entries. This would be, this will be convex in D. It won't be convex if I in any A. Okay. So let's, let's, so let's continue. So I think I have about uh, 10 minutes, right? Okay. Next. So the next, so let's switch the gear. So I remember when I came uh, first time to Madison, Wisconsin, 1978, and I met, uh, uh, well, I already knew Hans Schneider, I knew Bradley, but I met Parter. And I said, and Parter, were, was he, he was a very nice person, and so, and they, he has a joint paper, I think the three of them, uh, uh, Bradley, Parter and Schneider have nice papers of rescaling, but you always complain that there is one guy synchrons and beats them all. And the, so the, what is a synchron result? Well, it's as, so let me just state a simple suppose. Suppose you have a positive matrix for simplicity. Then you can rescale dA, d, d1, a, d, d2, such that it's going to be doubly stochastic matrix. And this is somehow very strong and useful result. And how would you do that? By the simplest method you could imagine. First, rescale the rows to be probability vector. Probably each row would be a probability vector. Then rescale the columns to be each column probability. And continue for convergence. Okay? So, so can you do that for tensors? Yes, you can. And essentially, when I started to work on that, I didn't know that it was already known. But uh, okay, but I sort of gave my twist. So yes, you can do the same thing for tensors. So you, you can essentially multiply that by EXI plus YJ plus ZK in such, in such a way that it will have row, column, and depth given sum. You don't have, it doesn't have to be doubly stochastic. You just, you have to want to, you can do it with any row and column sums. Of course, provided that the sum of the rows is equal to the sum of the columns. So here's the same, the same condition. And so how would you do that? When why, well, why again? You should use convexity. So if you look, so if you restrict to this condition on x, y, and z, that the RTX CTY dz equals zero. And you find, and this function is, of course, log convex, or actually it's convex, because this one is, each one is trivially convex is to the power. And then you try to find the minimum of this function, or critical point. So if you do that, you do Lagrange, if you have a, such a minimal point, because you know critical point of convex functions can only be minimum. So then 
You just write the Lagrange multipliers and you have it. But the question is, actually, I, I skipped that. Uh, the question is, what happens? Maybe the minimum is achieved on the boundary. And so in order to, you have to show that the minimum cannot achieve on the boundary. So if you do some linear programming, and essentially the result says as follows. Suppose I give you a tensor, and I want to rescale it to a tensor with given row sums, column sums, and, and, and uh, depth sums. So the necessary condition uh, is as, as follows, that I look on all tensors with the same zero pattern or plus. So in other words, whenever the tau is zero, my tensor entry zero, you put zero. Whenever it's not, it's positive. Can, is there exist a tensor without, just only with such a pattern as a given one with have, which has the given row, column, and sums? This is a linear programming problem, and algorithmically you can easily solve. For matrices, you have structure, but for tensor, I don't think so. And the same thing, so is, the same thing works for tensors. And this is discovered before me, and I have referenced that. But the point is that essentially people do sync or algorithm, but it's not so converted, it doesn't convert so fast. So the right thing is trying to do sort of like gradient algorithm or modified gradient algorithm for this problem. It should convert much faster. And this is true for matrices. Okay, so let's, so let's go to the next subject. So the next subject is rank one approximation. So, so let's assume for simplicity we have positive, non-negative tensors. And uh, we define inner product on tensor just, just like that, just uh, the viewing tensors as vectors. So recall that you have, a, this is a, what's called a tensor, it's called reducible if it just, it's of the form Xi, Yj, Zk. You just multiply the tensors Xi times Yj times Zk. So this is one. Now, so uh, if you, I take any subspace of these tensors, so I could, I could uh, take a projection on the subspace. And if I do, and then the, of course, the length of the projection is just, just, just like in standard uh, Hilbert space. And, the, and this is the Pythagoras theorem. So what we want to do, we want to take a tensor and approximate this by best rank one approximation. So if I want to do that in the standard norm, which is called the Hilbert-Schmidt norm or Frobenius norm, then it's equivalent to this problem. Find the minimum when all the lengths is one, but you also, you could also, should modify A. Now, the minimum here, if you do it right, it's, it's equals to maximum of, let's say, in this particular case, of a tri, of triform, not, not two-form, triform. You do Lagrange multipliers, maximum, then you get this, this you get this notion, tau of x, y, z, you contract with respect to this vector, and this is this, it should be lambda x, and similar like that. So essentially, this is another way to say that lambdas are singular values and x, y, z, singular vectors. So 
Here's a question that I posed. How many distinct singular alleles for a generic tensor? Actually, here you can assume that tau is a complex. I think now I have the, I have the conjecture, but I still don't have the proof. Maybe this conjecture is wrong, but it's related to some other thing. But let's continue. So now, why just to settle for L2 norm? It's a, you can settle for P norm. And still you want to maximize this tridiagonal form. Now it's not a way, it's not all, now this for P different than two is not related to projection exactly. So you do Lagrange multipliers and you have this equation. Now, if you go back and sort of to the stuff that I had, the most general natural P here is not two, but three in this case for three tensor. Why? Because if you do equals three is two and this is going to be homogeneous this and that. So the question is, Assume that tau is non-negative. For which values of p we have an analog of a parent Frobenius theorem? So the answer is for p greater or equal three we have. In other words, when do we have uniqueness? Because we always have from here, uh, uh, if f is non, if tau is non-negative, we have always x, y, z are uh, non, -neg uh, let's say non-negative of norm one. But do you have uniqueness? And for p greater or equal three we have. But not for two, not for any p less than three. So this is this is a, with my joint work with uh, with Stefan Gober and Hahn. And uh, okay, so how much time I have? I have two minutes. So uh, let's see. So you so I think that's probably maybe I think that's probably enough to stop here and to answer some questions. Questions or comments, Krishna? What about the other parts of the Ferro-Frobenius theorem? Is it generalizable or not? We don't know how to do it. You know, that's, we, we don't know how, how to do it. Uh -uh. I mean, it's, it's much more complicated. So my favorite, uh, sort of uh, mom, my, my favorite example is as follows, that, uh, or to say that matrices were created by God and tensors by devil. It's much <laughs> more complicated. I mean, it's, I just paraphrase Max Noether. <laughs> it's, it's much more complicated. We don't know anything what is probably you can have this for this stuff on the you know on some eigenvalues, but it's much more complicated to find the structure. It's it's much so we don't touch it. So you know we don't we didn't touch it that. So I know that for that you can uh, you can have some uh, result. Let's say that there is a finite number or something for certain thing, but uh, we don't have this part. Yes. Can I coach you on the God Devil thing, please? Yes, you you can. I have. I'll give you. Yeah, I have a. You know, I'll send you my my sort of my lecture. But I but I always you have to attribute. So just to 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 get it right, it was Max Noether who said that curves were created by God and surfaces by devil in algebraic geometry. I just paraphrase that, but you can quote me on that. <laughs> On that theological note, thanks uh, very much, Noel. Thank you.